This episode is sponsored by Dermaleave, a revolutionary new anti-itch cream that will change the way you treat itch once you see the results. If you want to experience the power of this product with your patients, request free samples at dermaleave.com samples. You're listening to the Derms and Conditions Podcast. Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Dalrasso, a dermatologist in Las Vegas, Nevada at JDR Dermatology Research and also I'm Senior Vice President of Clinical Research and Strategic Development at Advanced Dermatology and Cosmetic Surgery, which is enough on me because we have, backed by popular demand, um, someone that we've had on Derms and Conditions before that received so much positive feedback, Dr. Matt Cyrus uh, from uh, Bexley, Ohio, which is basically... Columbus, Ohio, uh, and he's Associate Professor of Ohio University Heritage College of Medicine, which is actually my alma mater, but used to be called Ohio University College of Osteopathic Medicine, you know, back when dinosaurs ruled the earth, when I went to the school back there. And he also is from Probity, uh, Probity Medical Research. He does a lot of clinical research, a lot with contact dermatitis, eczematous dermatitis. And today I'm calling him to talk him about itch because there have been a lot of advances with itch. And there are also a lot of things that, you know, I know I've done and others have done over the years that I think we have some new information on and maybe some things that we were, we were kind of wasting our time you know, just because we didn't have a lot of other options. So I have Matt on the line. Matt, welcome. Hey, Jim, great to be here and uh, love doing these with you. The, uh, I do want to know, though, was, was the name change for Ohio University's College of Medicine, that, was that related to the infamy of any of their alumni, anything like that? I think it was after 1982 and when I graduated, they said we're changing the name of the school because they did. They didn't. They did not want any connection uh, to it. Just yeah. like my parents, after I was born, they changed their last name, different from mine, because they didn't want to be responsible. But that's okay. I, I I think I've done pretty well. I don't know. Anyway, so Matt, you know, itching pruritus is obviously part of a lot of disease states, and it's not that uncommon that see patients coming in where they don't have a lot visible or maybe not much visible at all, and they have pruritus, and those are obviously very challenging cases. And I could think of situations where I, I feel really good, though I'm not happy for the patient that they've had protracted itching and gone to different places and not gotten to the bottom of it, where you look close enough, you really look and you find, you know, a couple of burrows and you identify scabies that wasn't picked up, or you think about dermatitis epitiformis, other maybe physicians that weren't as familiar with it, and they've been treated for scabies multiple times and they don't get better. You know, those those cases feel good and we can certainly make a difference. But there are a lot of situations where it's not as easy. Uh, and, you know, we try different things. You know, when I trained, it was only mast cells and histamine. Maybe they started to talk about basophils a little bit, but not much. But antihistamines sedated people, and maybe they helped some conditions that are histaminergic, but many cases of, of itching or not, and the antihistamines really don't do much. So I wanted to sort of go through your thought process, because I know you see a lot of itchy patients, not only with eczema, eczematous dermatitis, but with other conditions. So with the topical therapies that we have, where... 
almost almost regardless of what the condition is, we give patients something to do for areas that they may have trouble with localized itching. And we have common over-the-counters that we use that have things like menthol and camphor. Uh, we have, you know, topical antihistamines, topical anesthetics. Now we have product, products with aluminum acetate and strontium, uh, one particular product that's uh, that's new. Can you go over some of these topical agents and where you feel they're beneficial and maybe where they're not beneficial. Yeah. So, and Jim, I, I will tell you, this is, uh, I'd say at least uh, a third of the patients. So I, I, I only take referrals from other, other derms and allergists, uh, you know, for patients with, with, uh, you know, they're getting sent to me to get patch tested, but also just kind of, uh, they're itchy and they may or may not have much rash. And so I, I'm, Itch is actually one of my favorite things to take care of because we do actually have really good treatments nowadays. Uh, and it's it's rare, you know, compared to when I was a resident to now, it's rare that there isn't, that there's somebody I can't really get them a lot of relief from their itching. Uh, and and a lot of it is, is sort of trial and error. A lot of it also is is just giving people something new to try, right? So a lot of these patients, by the time they get to us, uh, you know, they've been on the internet, they've they've gone to the to the drugstore, and they've gotten the you know the the available anti itch products, and you know just kind of going through those and and how I tend to use them. So first, uh, you've got your promoxine containing products. So promoxine's a a fairly weak. Uh, you know, topical anesthetic, certainly never something that you would, you know, you could use to reduce the pain of a procedure or something like that. But it's a, it's a topical anesthetic. It has some efficacy, uh, you know, and there's particularly those those products. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm going to, uh, Jim, am I allowed to use brand names? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you, if you yeah. use multiple ones, I, I think yeah. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. The, in this situation, I, I think that's perfectly fine. All Otherwise, right. people are not going to know what we're talking about. Many, yeah, exactly. Many people, so the, right? you know, the Sarn, so Sarna sensitive is a promoxine containing, and then CeraVe has an anti-itch as well. Uh, that's got promoxine in it, and and those are particularly helpful for for widespread itch because you you can get you know a pretty large volume of them. They don't work that great, uh, but a, a couple of tricks that I've I, I use pretty regularly to try and uh, you know amp up the effectiveness of them. So so first, uh, you still can get uh, camphophenic liquid uh, on Amazon. So it comes in a three quarter ounce bottle. Uh, it's about 11 bucks for two bottles, which is 1.5 ounces. And the, the correct dilution of, of camphophenique uh, is about 10 to 1. And so I'll, I'll have people uh, order uh, camphophenique off of Amazon and then mix it in with a promoxine-containing topical. And right now, that's we're gonna that's gonna get us immediately though to talking about we've got the other products. So original Sarna is the main one I'm aware of that's got camphor and menthol uh, in it. Now uh, I'll often tell patients, you know, if you use that, it's gonna sm you're gonna smell a little bit medicine-y, almost a little bit Bengayish. Um, but it, it you know th that's a different mechanism, right? So especially menthol. Uh, is known to activate the the cutaneous cooling receptor, and it gives a pretty quick re pretty quick response, but it doesn't have good durability of response for the itching. But if you if you have them order the camphophenique, and again it comes in three three point four ounce uh, bottles, you get two of them on Amazon for about eleven bucks. I'll have them mix the camphophenique into 
the promoxine containing product. And so then, because promoxine actually has a fairly good duration of action, so it, there's some studies showing that promoxine works for maybe eight hours. Uh, and so by adding the camphophenique to it, you, you get the quick effect of the cooling effect, the, the sensory stimulation that uh, probably activates also some of the inhibitory neural pathways. Uh, it, and then you also get the prolonged action of the promoxine. And it, the other thing that it does is a, a patient often comes in and I say, well, I've, you know, you could try this sarna sensitive or you could try this. Well, I've already tried that. Oh, well, I, you may have already tried it, but it's going to work a lot better if you get this and add it into there. So it's, it's you know, also, I always think of when a patient comes to us, what value are we providing? And so if I'm giving them new something new to try, it's it's new information. It's something that adds value to them. The other thing that I'll that I'll often do if they have uh, you know if there's a component of an inflammatory dermatitis. So I'm I'm not talking like you know full on atopic dermatitis or, or contact dermatitis where they've got a, a significant rash and I'm really going to use you know a, a, a typical topical steroid. Another thing that I'll often do is is prescribe people clobetazole scalp solution. So uh, either a 25 ml bottle. Uh, if I'm, if I'm, and I'll have them add that in to the promoxine camphophenique mixture. And my patients, uh, especially the older ones, will often refer to this as the witch's brew. Uh, and so it'll be, you know, an, an eight or a 12 ounce bottle of a promoxine containing lotion. And then I'll have them add in uh, the three quarters of an ounce or an ounce and a half of, of Campophenique doesn't make a whole lot of difference how, how much it, one or the other. They, they both seem to work fine for me. And then I'll also have them add in 25 mLs of clobetazole scalp solution to give it an anti-inflammatory effect. It's all cheap, right? You're not going to get any phone calls that are like, oh, I went to the pharmacy and that was $92, right? The, the uh, clobetazole scalp solution is maybe 15 bucks, even cash price without insurance. So they mix that all together. Uh, it, it probably makes about a class three or four topical steroid, uh, but now they've got a, a large volume that they can apply frequently and they can kind of apply all over. And we're, you know, the, we, we've got the promoxine acting as an anesthetic. We've got the camphor and phenol giving a, a cooling effect and act, activating the, the cooling. There's a specific neural cooling receptor. Uh, and then we've got the clomatazole that's diluted down to about 0 0.005 percent clobetazole so it it gives an anti-inflammatory component as well so that's one of my strategies for kind of widespread uh itching i'll often try that in things like brachioradioporitis where you know it's gonna we're gonna have to treat both arms uh so relatively large area of application uh things like that or people who just kind of are itchy all over you said witches brew and it makes sense now because I did a background check on you and I found out that you are actually a distant relative of Glinda, the good witch. Remember the good witch and the Wizard of Oz? So that That's explains right. the witch connection here. But you mentioned brachioradial paritis. You know, Moe's reading that, oh, get a get an x-ray of their neck. They're gonna you're gonna see osteophytes and things compressing on a nerve. I've never found it. You know, maybe I'm not getting the right kind of testing. But even like, uh, you know, not notalgia parasthetica, neuralgia parasthetica yeah. on the thigh, you know, from a heavy belt or whatever, you know, I work with a yep. tool belt, you know, would it be helpful in those sorts of situations? So it, it can be, uh, but 
as the itch gets more intense, so that even that witch's brew is is helpful, but it's not. Uh, it, it's more kind of widespread, relatively low intensity itch. Whenever I get to more, you know, the the nostalgia parasitic a spot on somebody's back where it is just driving them nuts. Uh, or the brachial radioparitis that's more localized to just the forearms and tends to be more intense. And, and I agree with you, by the way. I, I don't order uh, neck x-rays on any of these people or anything like that because it's like, what the heck am I going to do? Even, even if it does come back that, oh, you've got an osteophyte or you've got degenerative changes or whatever, what am I going to do? That, and, and part of the reason I think why we don't always find things on the x-ray is that the nerve impingement can also be happening, uh, you know, due to, to muscle spasm, uh, things like that as that nerve is going from, because if you think, and I always say this to patients, you think about it, it comes out of your neck, your neck moves a lot, then it's got to go over your shoulder, your shoulder moves a lot, then it's got to go over your elbow, your elbow moves a lot. You've got all of these different areas where the nerve, and I, I use the term kink, right? Where you can get a kink in your nerve and now you're, you're getting this itch from it. Uh, my, my favorite thing actually for, for those things, for brachioradial paritis, natalgia parasthetic, moralgia parasthetica, is one of the things that you mentioned uh, right here whenever we started. It's a new product that's out there uh, called Dermaleve, uh, D-E-R-M-E-L-E-V-E. -E -E. uh, and, and I will tell you, it is the most stunning product that, that I have seen topically in a long time. Uh, and, and anything new that I find, I try, right? As soon as I find out about it, I go home and start trying it in, in, in these itchy patients. Uh, you know, as long as it's cheap and safe, those are my two, the two things that I really look for are cheap and safe. And so whenever this stuff came out, it's a really fascinating thing. So, uh, first thing that I'll tell you is it, it, it I'll, I'll talk about the mechanism here in a second of how it works, but it, it works in about five minutes. So it's very, uh, sort of on demand. So if they, if they're, you know, if they start, if the itch starts up, they put it on, works in about five minutes, lasts for about five hours. Now I, I tell people that very clearly because I've had a number of patients come back and say, well, I had to put it on several times a day, so it wasn't working. And I said, no, that's, it works for five hours. If you're, if, if you're itching all day, you're going to need to put it on every five hours, but it is, it is stunningly, uh, effective uh in terms of how fast it works and how reliably it works i'd say in 80 to 90 percent of neuropathic pruritus uh it, it is really effective so i, I use it's now my immediate go-to for nostalgia parasthetica breaker radioparitis uh like an amyloidosis on the shins uh and and what's fascinating about it is, is the mechanism right so the the active ingredient in it, in it is aluminum acetate clearly that is not the the only thing that is working in it because we've had aluminum acetate forever Hey, madams, sorry to stop you while you're in overdrive, but just hang tight. Uh, we want to hear a word from our sponsor. Dermaleave was created by dermatologists for dermatologists. If you want to experience steroid-free Dermaleave for your itchy patients, request free samples by going to dermaleave.com samples. I was looking at it because I actually used it, and I found I have video pathic paritis or whatever they call it on the mid back where I'm going up against the door jam. Yeah. And I tried it on that and I found that it that it was was very helpful. Lasted about yeah. four four or five, maybe six hours. Um yeah. in my own experience. That's an N of one, you know. Yeah, you know, but, but that that's been reliable. But for I saw strontium patients. I saw strontium on yeah. the label and I believe strontium may have some activity that, here. So that's what I think the secret sauce is. Now it's also got ceramides, it's got hyaluronic acid 
but the strontium is really the one that stands out as boy you don't see, you don't see strontium in anything else and so first thing so so the way that this works strontium is what's called a, a calcium emetic so it is if you look at the periodic table of the elements strontium is is right below calcium and on a molecular level strontium looks very similar to calcium but it's a little bit larger and it it when it gets into the skin it it affects uh, both calcium channels and so there are a couple of calcium channels the trpv channels the trpa channels that are involved in itch and burning pathways neurogenic inflammation uh, and then it also affects uh, calcium-dependent receptors. So there, there are some receptors that are calcium-dependent as well, especially some of the G-protein-coupled receptors. Uh, and so the, the strontium is basically tricking your body. And, and this isn't exactly how, how it works, but it's how I explain it to patients because it, it makes a lot of sense. I tell them, look, those nerve endings in your skin that are overactive, whenever they get activated, a, a, calci a, a hole opens up and a bunch of calcium goes through. And that's, that's how those nerves work. Well, this strontium looks just like the calcium, but it's a little bit bigger. So it's blocking the drain. So that tube opens up, the, the calcium's supposed to go in, but the strontium can get into the tube, but it, it doesn't get through it right. And so it, it slows down the calcium and now your those nerves don't get activated. And it, it, it's questionable if that, we, we don't know exactly how that's, it's working as a calcium mimetic, what it's doing to those channels, what it's doing to those receptors, but we know that, that's, that it's working because it's like calcium. Uh, and, and it is just uh, like stunning. It has changed. So brachioradioporitis is one of the most common things that gets referred to me uh, for patch testing to make sure there's not a hidden contact dermatitis that's triggering the itch. Uh, and I can get, so the, uh, first I'll tell you the other things I do for brachioradioporitis. Uh, so there are three articles out there about chiropractic treatment for brachioradioporitis. And it, it doesn't, it's not cracking. So there's no like that kind of stuff. It's more traction and stretching. But it, now if I don't give the patient, uh, you know, the names of those articles, and sometimes I'll even print them out and give them to the patient and say, you know, find a good chiropractor, take this with you. And the chiropractors can give them traction and stretching and that kind of stuff. And I have had that make a, a big difference. Another thing I've had make a significant difference, and this is this is one of those things I always thought was baloney, but there has now been a pretty good trial showing it's not, uh, is acupuncture. And with with acupuncture, I always kind of figured, well, look, you're just you're poking needles into somebody that kind of hurts. We know placebo effect is a big deal. It's probably just placebo effect. But there was a study where they did sham acupuncture, so randomized placebo controlled, where they either put the needle where the acupuncturist said it should go or they put it like an inch away from where they said it should go. And it made a big difference. Whenever they put it in the right spot, it worked better for the itching than it did for the, you know, whenever they put it in the wrong spot. Now it's it, it's the rare patient in my practice who whenever I bring up acupuncture is willing to think about it. Most patients, if I bring up acupuncture, are like, you know, kind of give me the raised eyebrow and, uh, you know, wonder if I'm a charlatan or something. But it, it, it does make a difference, especially with brachioradioporitis. But I, I said a fair number of them to the chiropractor and and then the, the derma leave has just been, it, it has changed my practice. It, it has made, turned these into easy patients. Uh, and that's been, been really cool. Another thing that's been really interesting lately. So I have never been, so, right. So let's talk about some of the other things that are out there. So the, the other over the counters, uh, before we get to any of the more prescription type topicals. So topical Benadryl. So I, I've had patients in, so topical diphenhydramine, 
it, now I do want to you know tell people this can be a contact allergen. Uh, there can be some allergens in the vehicle, but it, I've never really recommended it because I was I always said, look, we know that that neuropathic itch, brachyrhinopritis, those kinds of things are not uh, histamine based, so this shouldn't work. So a study just came out this year that showed that topical diphenhydramine uh, affects the TRPA channel. And the TRPA channel is one of the 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 channels that depolarizes the itch neurons. And so we now have, I, I said, oh, okay. So when patients, because patients would come in and tell me they were using it and that it was helping. And I'd be like, probably placebo effect. Bah. Now I, I think, it, you know, the patients were right. I, I was, you know, I'm the smart one. I'm the doctor. I know everything. That's That stuff shouldn't be working. I wouldn't say that to them, but now, damn Matt, it, those patients Matt, were right. I, th I thought, I always thought you were warm and fuzzy. You're like an old curmudgeon like, like I am. Right. You know, the patients are wrong. We're right. You know, but, that's exactly, you know, what, what do they know? They're just they're the one who's feeling the itch. What do they know? They don't know. Anything. Be careful. You're becoming like Jim Del Rosso. You don't want to do that. Oh, Jeez. man. That's I think that's the biggest uh, non compliment that I've gotten in a long time right there. So, but, but you find the top, the topical diphenhydramine. Um, yeah. Now that now that I've started recommending it to people, I do find that, that it makes a, a big difference. Uh, I've had a lot of people come back now and tell me that they, that they really like it. Another thing that, that I do, uh, so for years, I tried to get people to use capsaicin. Uh, you know, you, the capsaicin's out there over the counters is 0.1%. And I don't care what I told people. I don't care what I had them put on first. Just people did not tolerate capsaicin. It was one patient in 50 who would come back and tell me, yeah, I'm using it and it worked. Other, everybody, oh, I put it on twice and I couldn't stand it anymore. Some, a, a study came out maybe two years ago uh, that, that really talked about very, very low concentration capsaicin. And so th this study in particular uh, was looking at pruritus ani, which, you know, is one of those things that just, whenever that patient comes in, it drives you nuts because it's really hard to treat. Uh, you know, so first, the first thing I do with paritis ani is no matter how young they are, no matter what it looks like, I, I have people, uh, really focus on hygiene. So I tell them you've got to go and, and, you know, just get, get some toilet paper wet, get whatever, but use every couple of hours, whether you've gone to the bathroom or not, go in there, uh, you know, wipe it with, uh, some moist toilet paper, then dry toilet paper. That will help a, a fair number of people. But th what this study looked at was very dilute capsaicin. So the normal capsaicin that you buy in a tube is 0.1%. What they looked at was 0.006%. So that's about a 20 to 1 dilution. And so I, I will now, in the witch's brew that I, that I talked about, I will sometimes have people also get uh, capsaicin. And it, you know, if it's a if it's a 12 ounce bottle of of lotion of some sort, maybe permoxine containing, it's got the other stuff in it. I'm gonna have them put in just a little bit of that, you know, maybe a half an ounce uh, of the capsaicin, and it it makes it actually tolerable. It, it certainly doesn't. It's not like, ooh, this is stunningly effective, but it it using it over a couple of weeks, right? We know that what capsaicin does is, is deplete substance P, makes the TRPV channel less uh, active. And so a, a very, very low concentration uh, of capsaicin uh, is another thing that I'll do, especially with, with more of the widespread itch, but in particular, uh, brachioradial pruritus, uh, not brachioradial pruritus, I'm sorry, pruritus ani, 
there is a study that that looked at that and showed that the 0.006 capsaicin is actually pretty good. Would Um, that that help for, you know, sometimes you get women with with vulvar itching that you don't necessarily uh, see anything. Would it would it be the same in the vulvar area? Okay. So I will use it in uh, vulvar pruritus in women. I use it in scrotal pruritus in men. And, and really all the stuff that we're talking about here, uh, the dermaleave, the topical diphenhydramine, uh, you know, the witch's brew, I, I, I'll rotate through all of these. And because it, it, in most of these patients with localized itch, you'll eventually find something that, that will work. And at least it, it also gives you time to see, maybe it'll just resolve on its own, right? So, okay, here, try this, come back in six weeks. Uh, it didn't work, try this, right? If, if you've got a half dozen different things, you can get through a whole year of trying different things. Now, hopefully one of them is going to work somewhere along the line. Uh, you know, you know, it's obviously what we're, what we're looking for. Um, another thing that's, that's an over-the-counter uh, that I will use more when there is a little bit of inflammation. And so especially I'll use this in groin pruritus, uh, whether it's, it's vulvar pruritus in women, scrotal pruritus in men, uh, pruritus ani again. So, you know, th- there have been these products on the market for a while now uh, based on hypochlorous acid. And so hypochlorous acid is essentially the active ingredient in bleach. But the problem is bleach is a chemical equilibrium that is sodium hypochlorite and hypochlorous acid and the sodium hypochlorite has to be very alkaline and so bleach is extremely irritating and and even whenever you dilute bleach the way that we use it in dilute bleach baths it still can be irritating uh the sodium hypochlorite products uh that have been on the market for a while now uh you know have pretty good data as anti-itch whenever there's some inflammation the problem with them was that they were hard to get. So the, you know, they were expensive. We had to order them from specialty pharmacies, uh, those kinds of things. There's now a product uh, on Amazon called Smart Skin. I think Skin Smart, S-K-I-N-S-M-A-R-T, that is 0.006% hypochlorous acid, uh, comes as a spray, and it's like 13 bucks. So it's, I think it's, an, it's either a four ounce or an eight ounce spray bottle uh, for 14 bucks. And I've had good success with that, uh, especially some, some of my low-grade facial dermatitis. Uh, and, and it is so non-irritating. So I, I, I often use myself as a test subject. So when I, bought, when I got my first bottle of this stuff, I held my eye open and squirted it in my eye uh, to make sure that it was as non-irritating as, as it was marketed to be. And, you know, I, I, I can still see pretty well out of that eye. Uh, it didn't, didn't that virus completely fine. That, you are nuts. Okay. You are nuts. All right. <laughs> it, it went, it went fine. Uh, and so I, I'll often use that in groin pruritus or pruritus A9. It's really nice that it's cheap. Uh, it has some antibacterial efficacy. We don't know exactly how much, uh, but it, it, it often can be helpful. I often, and, and I am the last person you want acne advice from, but it's something new that people can try for acne if they're looking for over-the-counters. Uh, you know, it, I don't think it has great efficacy for acne, but it, it, I tell people to use it as a toner, uh, and I think it does have some efficacy uh, around a- acne as well. You know, Matt, uh, this has been phenomenal. We've, we've obviously focused on topicals. I, I know that you mentioned Promoxine earlier. There, there is another product uh, that patients will mention to me that, that 
when they when they like promoxine containing products is dermin dermin anti itch lotion that act they like a lot of people are like they like yeah. coconut oil they see that coconut oil is in there i don't i don't know if it's necessarily doing anything maybe some moisturization but that's also been brought up too i don't know if you've had any experience with that so I, I, I didn't know that Dermend now has an anti-itch. I, I think that they, right, they originally came out with the product for Solar Purpura. Right. And I think that is a, a phenomenally good product. Uh, the coconut oil is really interesting. So there's a couple of studies out there. Uh, the, the thing that makes coconut oil unique, both topically and to be ingested, are medium chain triglycerides. And these medium chain triglycerides are both anti-staphylococcal and anti-inflammatory. And so... The, now, the, the big thing, when a, when a patient wants to use coconut oil kind of as a moisturizer or for atopic dermatitis, which there are a couple of studies for, the big thing is they need to get uh, virgin, unrefined, cold-pressed coconut oil because as soon as the coconut oil gets, re when it gets refined, it gets heated a little bit. When it gets heated, the medium-chain triglycerides uh, basically become lost. Uh, and so it's for coconut oil, it's got to be the virgin, cold cold pressed unrefined but the the so a, a product that had both coconut oil and promoxine actually makes a lot of sense to me because you're going to have some antibacterial effect efficacy some anti-inflammatory and then the promoxine is going to give you some uh anesthetic effect so yeah that that actually makes plenty of sense well that's a great wrap-up and you know we we focused on you know topical treatments and, and a lot of pearls which is uh, typical with you you know i always get depressed after i talk to you because i think i know a reasonable amount then i realize how how dumb I am that there's so many things that, that, that I should know that I don't know. So that's why it's always uh, great to talk to you. But I'm going to hold you to another session in the future where we'll get into some of the systemic treatments and even the evaluation of patients that were thinking they might have a systemic cause to their paritis because we don't want to forget about that. But we don't, we don't have time for that today. But this was great. Uh, thanks for your help. And I know I'm going to use some of these pearls and the witch's brew. Um, I'll never forget that. Thank and you very much. Appreciate you're it. You're welcome. You're welcome, Jim. I love being here, and, and I would love to come back and do one on systemic anti-itch treatments. And now, the two things that are really, just to give people if they want to go look it up right now, so mirtazapine, which is an old antidepressant, not an SSRI, no drug interactions, uh, and butorphanol nasal spray. Uh, those two systemic agents, and, and I can go through exactly how I use them, but yeah, they are so much more effective than, say, gabapentin, uh, pregabalin, hydroxyzine, doxepin, amitriptylin, easier to use, more effective. Love to talk about them sometimes. Sounds good. And they're, they're, you know, talking about the opioid receptors with the mu and kappa receptors and that balance. So I'm going to hold you to a future discussion on that. So thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks, Jim. Thank you for listening to this episode of Derms and Conditions. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcasts at fred.health. And most importantly, if you like this episode, subscribe to the Derms and Conditions podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for joining us. This episode was sponsored by Dermaleaf. To find out how you can retail Dermaleaf in your office and receive free samples for your patients, Visit dermaleave.com slash samples to get started.